everyone. Welcome to another podcast with Lawyer Lifter myself. But this is actually interesting because what we're doing here on our website is we're putting out content. We're, we're putting out blogs. And so if you check out our website, um, we're doing a series of women, women-centric, women in profession, women in the law. And so today's podcast is really just kind of bringing attention to, you know, my industry, the legal profession, and then my experience. So last week we put for actually this week, we just put forth a blog, Women in Law Moving Forward Together. And I don't want to rehash it because it does have very good content about still, here we are, we're about to close up 2021. And a lot of shit has happened recently that has kind of like, um, and I'm speaking of that one year, the year that will forever resonate in history, 2020. I call it the COVID year. Everybody probably calls it the COVID year. And to be honest, I guess we're still in the in COVID times. Um, but it really, if we look at what happened in 2020, in other societal issues, they it seemed to put a microscope even further on those societal issues and also really cry out what, what is going on with our very infrastructure. Um, it seemed to bring awareness, but it also seemed to polarize a lot of parties. Um, but today we're talking about women, women in the law. And um, I haven't really in past uh, podcasts, I've talked about it, but haven't really gone into depth about it. And I will say in my because I'm going on 11 years of practice. So Uplift started in 2018. But prior to that, I had all that experience in big firm as a litigator working um, with men and in the legal field, and also in two professions that are actually very male-dominated, um, business and employment. I'm speaking specifically as to business. Now, uh, looking at this blog that we just put on this week, these issues, despite the fact that 2020 really put a microscope on some issues, are continue to be an issue. Uh, so what is still due for change? Well, in women in the law, we still have issues with uh, promotions, pay disparity, power dynamics, um, credit allocation, meaning like giving props, um, sexual harassment. And I will say that I've gone through all of these minus sexual harassment. Um, I guess I'm, I'm thankful that I haven't gone through sexual harassment um, as a uh, woman in the legal field really trying to um, do something like work up the corporate ladder. Um, so I guess I'm marginally satisfied that that was not an experience that I had. But the other stuff was very much um, jarring and traumatizing for me, which really paved the way for the start of Uplift. So um, when I say that, I really can't speak to these academic, um, very statistically proven issues without speaking to my own experience. And I will say that 
I mean, I'm not that old, guys. Like, I'm really not that old. And that, and I say that to highlight the fact that things haven't really moved the way that they should um, for female lawyers starting out in big law. Um, I will say in my experience that um, because the partners were typically were men, um, I felt like I had to do more, maybe, and more like because there was a certain camaraderie in all of the four firms that I worked at, where it was there were more, there was more trust and more, um, yeah, camaraderie, more friendship, more clicky with uh, male associates. Um, because, you know, they, there were like sports that they could talk about. There was just like a lot of masculinity connection. Um, and so I always felt out of place because, you know, like I can't speak art very articulately about sports. You know, I, I'm not so ultra aggressive, like I want to fucking kill the other side like I've never um I've never been that way you know I I do have W's uh under my belt when I would work for these firms I I was maintained there um I was paid um okay and I, I'll revisit that um so and I had good uh, performance reviews related to my work product um but in terms of just the treatment, I saw a very significant gap in the way that male associates were treated versus female associates versus me. Um, and that was because there was a lot of favoritism. And when we talk about like, oh, how is there favoritism in a law firm? Well, I mean, when you do it's a work environment just like any other work environment that we discuss here at Uplift on the podcast, the Lawyer Lifter podcast, in that, you know, everybody gets together and has lunch and then, you know, you feel awkward when you're not really spoken to or your W's aren't really um, discussed amongst like the partners having lunch or, you know, whatever. Like you're kind of, it's just very awkward. It's a very polarizing. Um, and you you begin to see that your work product, it doesn't necessarily um, mean your value. It's, it's so strange, the political vibe um, in law firms at the time that I was in a law firm. Um, and the, you're constantly told about I was at least like how much I was being paid um, and that that was a form of encouragement very strange form of encouragement it was like you're getting paid x amount therefore you know um, I meaning the owners slash partners can treat you uh, a certain way because you need to constantly show your value. But when I spoke to other male associates as to whether they had any of those kinds of conversations, that was absent. And also when I spoke to other females, um, 
they had said that yeah that's that's pretty normal like that's just rough love or that's just like a method of um you know like encouragement making you uh, breaking you down to build you up type of thing um so i also saw that the certain cases or certain teams um, were built based on favoritism and they were typically filled with like male associates um, who often weren't even near my experience level. Um, so I that was a thing that I experienced um, strewn through the, the years I was in law firms. Um, pay disparity. Now, this is a little bit of a tricky one because even though I was paid salary, um, you are expected to work a certain amount above and beyond your salary. And so at the end of the day, you're not even really paid what you work. So that is a discrepancy. Um, and it is so frustrating and really eats at, um, again, like your value. Um, so the discrimination and power dynamics, um, what I experienced was just constant. It, it made you feel, I, it made me feel that I was an outsider despite the fact that I had some pretty substantial, um, you know, it's pretty substantial background in litigation, you know, like I could write, I could win hearings, I could, um, close cases, but somehow that simply wasn't enough. And I suspect that it's because, you know, we're still in a work environment in legal where, women have a tricky time trying to fit in. I mean, there's so, as a woman, like, you know, there's a lot more um, hustle and bustle with a female associate because I was constantly told, you know, to um, tone it down, you know, like I've, I was told in prior firms, you know, like I needed to, if I was wearing like a short sleeve top, like I needed to put another cover on, or, you know, like maybe my heels were a little bit too loud. So I would get dinged on my performance reviews for things that had nothing to do with how I conducted myself in court and how I would churn out work product. I, I was constantly being told that there was something wrong with me. Um, as to either being too hard as a female or being too soft as a female. A lot of things that I got was, Mel, you're just too nice. Mel, like they're trampling over you. Um, so very implied, like too feminine or, you know, you're being too rash, you're being too emotional or <laughs> so, um, that type of stuff too. Or, you know, if it was like in these law firms, they do kind of try to emulate like, um, e like employee sort of days, like, um, oh, casual Fridays or, you know, Halloween and still like, 
it's a very um, unspoken thing where you have to be extra careful being female in in this type of work environment. It's it's been such it hasn't been that long, but it was such an experience that I've had to really jettison past it so that it doesn't piss me off because it, it, it really pisses me off. And I know out there people are like, oh, forgive and forget. It's like, um, I, I don't know if I forgive, nor do I think I forget completely. But what I'm saying is that there needs to be a lot of work still done. And I know that that would, that will take time. And so the point of this blog is not to expect the change to happen from the very people that control, which would be men, um, older men who have a certain club and a certain way of conducting business and in the law firm. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, back then like they had to like you um and they had to like you but um, beyond um your briefs beyond like whether a client said good things about you beyond you know like doing well in court they had to like you for something that you can't even really change because you're a woman and like I found that I had to just bend over backwards on each firm that I was in to adapt to that culture. And a lot of times that was because I um a female that wasn't ready to just um, forget about what makes me female, a strong female. Um, and so what am I saying? Like, okay, well, what's the future of women in the legal field? Well, um, I think it has to be with supporting one another. And that goes even beyond industries um, that you make opportunities. If there is a female who ha is in a position of power, then, you know, it's not necessarily creating a new kind of favoritism. It's just giving opportunities is how I see it. Like for me, um, am I going to be a little bit more heartfelt um, towards young females? Well, yeah, like, fuck yeah. Why? Because I didn't have that. I, I didn't have that at all. You know, I grew up, a uh, quotation marks, in the industry where um, so many females were scared or are, were scared, are scared to say anything because they themselves want security, monetary security. They want the protection of a law firm. So to kind of like blow that whistle on um, work culture that's not befitting to all and especially to females, like to be honest, um, if I, I could have always been in a law firm setting, I, I could. Uh, it would have killed my soul, but I could do so. And but I don't know how I would have ever been happy and how I could actually do like life things in in a law firm, right? Like I I don't I could not compete at the level that I compete at. There's just no way. Um and even I'll tell you, like it was such a the the men in my firms 
would look at the fact that I am an elite athlete as like both funny, like they, they would think it was like, ha ha. And that kind of like, uh, that, <laughs> that was upsetting at first. It was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of funny because you know, you got like, that's sort of different, but it constantly been, became a thing like, ha ha Mel can do this more or whatever. And it, it was like a sort of shameful thing. And then it also turned into like, well, I mean, what do you care about more, your athleticism or your position here? And um, I definitely had that happen on a, had that kind of remark happen to me like on a weekly basis. So if I, if I think about movie, if I think about what if I didn't do uplift and what if I was trying to do what every female aspires to be, which is either a shareholder or a, a partner, some kind of um, partner, uh, what would that look like? Like, what would I have to give up as a female to pursue that? And I, you know, I've heard that my opposing counsel, and here's a weird thing too, still my opposing counsel are generally men. But when I do um, speak to opposing counsel who are women, I, I don't ever speak to a pregnant female opposing counsel in my practice in business or slash employment. And we run a very overly healthy litigation queue. So I wonder about that. You know, I wonder like what, even though California has like laws in place to protect females when they are pregnant and then also when they uh, give birth, they allot time. We're talking here about maternity leave. Um, That doesn't mean that partners can't treat a woman like different while still following just the baseline California laws. And I feel like if I had stayed and say that I wanted to do something like that, I would be looked at as more of a burden and more as something to get around than fostering more of a team spirit and let's like all pitch in because that's what we do here. That's what I do here constantly. Like, um, I think that the work-life balance when it comes to women is, has a long way to go. Um, because they say that, but it's not in practice really. I mean, you can follow California law when it comes to basic leave, but the environment itself can still be conducive to creating a not-so-savory work environment for a woman. It's almost as though still a woman needs to pick whether they're going to just give all of their hours to the firm to be part of the boys club and also sacrifice uh, what it is to be a woman. I mean, women, 
men and women are just are not equal. Like they, it's not equal in the sense like they have different feelings, they have different goals, you know. And too many times I've seen women in the legal field. In I'm only speaking to business and employment because that's where I grew. Um, who have to do some kind of hiding a partial hiding of their identity or hiding of what they want in life because you can't really like how many times like it it's so crazy like when i really think about it and i'm literally sitting through it like thinking about how i i had to be very careful uh more careful about who i am and what i wanted because it would be offensive to the owners or it wasn't part of the culture and that i i mean to you're we're talking about it and i don't know how that would change except again if females go out there and start their own gigs and start doing things differently do i think that big law will ever really catch up with the times where it needs to be no i don't think so i mean I think that big law will always follow the law, but that's very baseline. I don't think that they have a business model that encourages um, the type of support women need and the type of um, like freedom to do the work, but also be healthy workers and pursue their goals within this the the law firm infrastructure i i don't see it what i do see is a march towards doing to towards like erecting other business models in the legal practice i think that if we do that if we encourage women to start their own thing in law and to start implementing different ways of running solo practices or law firms that are just stark different than the norm, I think that is how we implement the change. Um, And so that's my take on women in the law moving forward together. It is together because I know it sounds very dreary, but are we going to really change those huge law firms that this my law firm essentially says no like we 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 don't do that or do we move on together and create new types i'm going to go with what i'm saying which is the latter so tune in next time for another intimate look at women in professions and the legal profession And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Lawyer Lifter podcast. You can listen to other podcasts at www.lawyerlifter.com or your favorite podcast apps. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. 